0: This year started off a little shaky, uh, you probably didn't know it, but um, apparently God and the devil got into a boundary line dispute about the fence between heaven and hell, and that's that was kind of nasty, and God said to the devil, if you don't move that fence, I'm going to sue you, and the devil just laughed and said, <laughs> where are you going to get a lawyer? <laughs> and yesterday I got sworn in as a county councilman and that was interesting because um, they allowed you to bring your own Bible and I thought, ooh, do I even have a Bible? I, you know, this is my Bible I have, I have the NIV on my phone and that's what I've used for years but that looks a little odd so I managed to find a Bible and I got sworn in well, today's sermon is not about New Year's resolutions. Uh, I imagine that that's one of the hottest topics being given today. And it is very odd giving the sermon with you sitting here, Kevin. I, it's make. Well, could you just like turn around and just face it? No. I was going to say we, we had a contest to decide who would give the sermon today, me or Kevin, and we had a sermon off. And he actually won, but I reported it in social media as I came in second and he came in next to last. So here I am. Today's sermon is, the topic is broken toys. About 35 years ago, by my calculations, I was attending the First Christian Church in Danville, Indiana. At that time, my minister's name was Joe Stump. Now, maybe there's somebody here that might remember his name because he had been the minister at First Christian Church in Gas City. And that was before he went to Brownsburg. In any event, Joe gave a sermon that really touched me that I never forgot entitled Broken Toys. Other than some of the more recent sermons I've heard here from Kevin and Gavin, Um, that sermon was probably the only one that I ever heard that stuck in my mind, decade after decade. I certainly don't remember the sermon word for word, believe me. I only remember it as a concept, generally. I even contacted Joe, uh, actually it was kind of embarrassing, I contacted his daughter-in-law, thinking there's no way Joe could still be alive, and said, do you have any of Joe's papers? I'd like to get a copy of his sermon on broken toys. She responded in Facebook Messenger, I'll ask him. So well, I'm delighted that Joe is still alive. I'm sure, he, sure he's quite retired. But when I contacted him, he didn't have it. He apologized for his, his as he put it, weak record-keeping skills. So the following is not Joe Stump's Broken Toys sermon, but it is certainly inspired by it. And the concept that I remember from his sermon is contained in this. In order to put a frame around this message, I found a very, what I think is a very appropriate poem that goes as follows As children bring their broken toys with tears for me to mend. I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. But then instead of leaving him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help with ways that were my own. At last I snatched them back and cried, how could you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. Well, Christmas was just a few days ago, and With each Christmas, some of the most powerful and long-lasting memories of our lives come back and flood our minds. For me, as a child, much of Christmas was, of course, about the eternal quest for toys. My dear mom, Connie Burke, then Connie Connor, and my dad, Larry Connor, would scrounge and save, I'm sure, And looking back with my dad being a police officer, he didn't make much, and I don't think Mom worked a lot when uh, during this time that I can remember. I'm, I'm now amazed that they came up with the... I mean, the, the floor was covered with toys and wrappings, and how they did it is, is miraculous to me. Every year they seemed to nail it, and Candy, correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like they always got just what we wanted. And Kelly, my brother, got what he wanted, and I got what I wanted. And I remember some of my ultimate toys. I think there's several that stand out, but probably the one that was it for me was the original Atari Pong game. My dad, (coughs) I'm sorry, Santa Claus, I think got it from the old Sears store, which is now a parking lot across from my office downtown. But that was just it. I, I, you know, to have, to be able to, Bounce that little ball of light back and forth. That was just one of the best toys I ever got. Were there any really special toys that you all got as a kid? Uh, shout it out. Just tell me a, a toy you remember mom and dad or family got me, and I'll never forget it. Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. <laughs> Over the ramp, right? Down the stairwell. Broken toys. Stills broken legs. Been there done that. A five A five oh Schwinn. Oh be still my heart. Yeah. Skates. every Well you're not there yet, so I'm your older brother. I'm the one that's very old. Any others? I don't want to. Well, you know, our our parents love to give us toys and make our Christmases special and other holidays special. Invariably, like kids do, we would eventually find some way to break our toys, if not our legs. Even my Tonka truck fire engine that I had so big you could ride on the thing. Solid steel, or adamantium, if you know what that is, seemingly an indestructible behemoth of a toy, I managed to break. But tears running down my face, (sighs) I took it to my dad and said, Daddy, please fix my toy. More often than not, my father would find a way to fix the toy. Almost instinctively, I knew to bring my broken toys to my <coughs> sorry, to my father. He would be able to repair the broken toy, dry my tears, and comfort me. And more often than not, my father, and yes, sometimes my mother, would fix the toys and I would be happy again. If my parents couldn't fix my toy... It couldn't be fixed. You probably recall, especially at this time of year, the film, It's a Wonderful Life, and the iconic scene where George Bailey goes to Zuzu in her sick bed, thanks to her negligent teacher, and Zuzu asks her father to look at the flower that she got gotten at school, and as she's handing it to him, it loses some of its petals, and lay, laying there, she hands her little flower to, to George, her father, and says, look, Daddy, paste it. And that's a perfect quote. I would not misquote Wonderful Life by one word. I've Googled it. <laughs> Using a little fatherly sleight of hand, he pretends to reattach the petals and hands it back to, her and to little Zuzu, who's comforted. In her eyes, her father has fixed her flower. Well, you know where this parallel is going, I'm sure. Toys are not the only things that can be broken. Hearts can be broken. Spirits can be broken. People can be broken. Promises can be broken. The world can be broken. (coughs) But unlike George Bailey (coughs) or any earthly father, our Heavenly Father can fix our brokenness without using sleight of hand. God offers us true healing. The Bible is full of references to how God heals our brokenness. Psalm 34:18, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Jesus comforted his disciples with these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. That's John 14, 1. And I'm not sure how much Seleucia managed to get up on the screen, but I've got so much, I said, just stop. So at some point, I'm going to keep quoting the Bible, but there's no way she could have got it all in here. I got a lot of Bible stuff. I thought that was appropriate. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are many examples of Jesus healing brokenness during his life. John 8, verses 1 through 30. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sought or brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Can you imagine for a moment how that woman must have felt? Jesus had just saved her not only from a gruesome death, By being stoned. I mean, we're talking big heavy rocks thrown at you till you died. He also saved her from eternal death for her sins. Her heart must have been light as a feather at that point, knowing that the weight of sin had been lifted from her. You recall Jesus healing a man with leprosy. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. When Jesus said to him, See what that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And I really like this one. It's the called the faith of the centurion. The Roman police officers of the day. And he goes. And that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you, And then Jesus heals Mary, or heals many. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law laying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what the spoken was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. There was a cost to following Jesus. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus calms the storm, even the brokenness of the weather. When he got into the boat and his disciples followed him, suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So that waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown he replied, You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus restores two demon-possessed men. He can even heal the brokenness of de- demonic possession. When he arrived at the other side in the region of two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs and the whole herd Rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into town, and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. These are many of the awe inspiring examples of Jesus' healing broken things before he was even crucified. And you know what? He kept fixing brokenness even up to the literal end of his life. Luke 23, verses 32 through 43. Two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the skull, they were crucified. There they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus said saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by looking on, and even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him, said, Do you not even fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you today, you shall be with me in paradise. Even in Christ's agony, in his dying moments, broken himself and abandoned. Jesus called on his father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He asked for the forgiveness of the criminal next to him. He asked in saying they know not what they do for mercy for the world. During the Christmas season, Lucy and I love watching classic holiday movies like Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life. Me, much more on Wonderful Life than Lucy. Uh, But we watch those over and over. To me, the appeal of movies like that is they are about a happy ending of redemption. After being visited by the three spirits of Christmas, Scrooge becomes a new man. After being shown what life would have been like had he never been born, George Bailey in the end cries out, I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. Are you redeemed? Do you want to live again? As fallible human beings, by our very nature, we all carry bags and bags and bags of broken toys. Is your broken toy mourning the loss of youth or health that you frittered away? Is your broken toy a lost or damaged relationship? Is your broken toy loneliness? Is your broken toy an addiction? Is your brokenness just generally being mired in sin? Well, let me tell you something. If you think your heavenly father or your heavenly, or I'm sorry, if you think your earthly father or your mother were good at fixing broken things, God's got something else to show you. He is infinitely literally infinitely better at fixing things. We simply need to let go and let God. As a wise woman often tells me, you need to let God drive the bus. Let me go back to one point. I may have been a little unfair with George Bailey when I said he used sleight of hand to fix Susie's broken flower. It didn't really matter how he eased her pain The the thing is, he did. For all intents and purposes, George Bailey fixed that flower. In a way, I think God repairs our broken things in ways that may not be exactly what we wished for. You know, Zuzu wanted those petals put back on the flower and wanted to live and plant it. But George had other ways of helping her. What God does is kind of similar in his infinite wisdom. He knows what's best for us. For example, a woman sobbing in the night for an abusive relationship to be saved might have her prayer answered by a God-fearing man arriving in her life. As the Garth Brooks song says, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. The point is that to find peace and have our broken toys fixed, we need to have faith in the innocent trust of a child and bring those broken toys to God. Lay those broken things at the foot of the cross. In one way or another, our Heavenly Father will fix them. Do you have broken toys that need fixed today? If there is anyone here today who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, I would invite you to come forward as the praise team returns to the stage, and we'll get you on the right path, I assure you. And let me offer you this invitation as well. If you have already accepted Christ into your heart and made that good confession of faith, then... Let me extend the challenge to you that you reach out to someone else, anyone else, and offer them Christ. Thank you, and turn over to the praise team.